As the rector of St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, may I welcome you very warmly to this service. It's wonderful that so many of you are able to join our online services, which combine archive recordings of our choir and congregation with newly recorded readings, prayers and sermons. For this reason, we shall continue to broadcast these services each Sunday, even though we've now resumed our 11am choral Eucharist in St Bride's itself. Not all of you are able to join us in person for reasons of distance or because you need to take particular care of your health, but we know that you are very much with us in spirit. May the light and hope of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus said, Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. It is a great delight to welcome you to St. Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the 18th Sunday after Trinity, which we are also keeping as our Harvest Thanksgiving service this year. Wherever you are in the world, and however you are listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St. Bride's family. We begin with our opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, 
to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sins, mindful of our failure to respond to the needs of the poor, our failure to be worthy stewards of the earth's bounty, and our squandering of its natural resources. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, Forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
Eternal God, you crown the year with your goodness, and you give us the fruits of the earth in their season. Grant that we may use them to your glory for the relief of those in need and for our own well-being. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading is taken from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8, beginning at the seventh verse. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with flowing streams, with springs and underground waters welling up in valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land where you may eat bread without scarcity, where you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and from whose hills you may mine copper. You shall eat your fill and bless the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you. Take care that you do not forget the Lord your God by failing to keep his commandments, his ordinances and his statutes, which I am commanding you today. When you have eaten your fill and have built fine houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks have multiplied and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then do not exalt yourself, forgetting the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness, an arid wasteland with poisonous snakes and scorpions. He made water flow for you from flint rock and fed you in the wilderness with manna that your ancestors did not know to humble you and to test you, and the, in the end to do you good. Do not say to yourself, My power and the might of my own hand have gained me this wealth. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, so that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your ancestors, as he is doing today. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The epistle is taken from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 9, beginning at the sixth verse. The one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each of you must give, as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance, so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. As it is written, He scatters abroad, he gives to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for your great generosity, which will produce thanksgiving to God through us. For the rendering of this ministry not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also overflows with many thanksgivings to God. Through the testing of this ministry, you glorify God by your obedience to the confession of the gospel of Christ and by the generosity of your sharing with them and with all others, while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God that he has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Then Jesus told the people a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly, and he thought to himself, What should I do, for I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, I will do this, I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich towards God. He said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. 
of how much more value are you than the birds? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? If then you are not able to do so small a thing as that, why do you worry about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not keep striving for what you are to eat and what you are to drink, and do not keep worrying. For it is the nations of the world that strive after all these things, and your father knows that you need them. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Deserts can be very dangerous places. And surprising though it may seem, it's apparently the case in desert regions that when the bodies of those who have died of dehydration are discovered, more often than not, they are found to have containers of water with them. The reason being that they were so afraid of running out of water that they rationed their intake severely to the point where, paradoxically, they ended up dying of thirst sooner than they otherwise would have done in their attempt to prevent it from happening. And so, tragically, they died with bottles beside them that still contained the water that would have saved them for a while at least. Human beings can have a very complicated relationship with present and future. On the one hand, fear of the future can lead us to neglect the present in ways that may have unfortunate or even dangerous consequences, as in the example I've just cited. Yet that does not mean that we should instead live for the present regardless of the future because that brings its own problems and perils. Part of the reason why we are currently facing the dire consequences of climate change and the damage to the fragile ecosystems of our planet is that for decades we have persisted in gratifying our needs and desires in the here and now whilst paying insufficient heed to the long-term impact that our lives and our lifestyles have had on the environment. Our second reading from 2 Corinthians reminds us that we reap what we sow. Our actions and the choices we make will always have consequences, and we are responsible for them. But let's return to my opening theme because it's certainly the case that fears about the future can so overshadow our lives that we lose all sense of the value of the moment we are in. During my years of pastoral ministry, I have more than once found myself dealing with individuals who were so consumed by the fear of what might happen, and, by the way, it was almost invariably hypothetical, that their entire existence was dominated and distorted by anxiety. They lost the ability to value what they had, sometimes for fear of losing it. I'm by no means unsympathetic, by the way, because fear, or even our fear of being afraid, can feel like a monstrous and uncontrollable force threatening to overwhelm and destroy us, and generating yet more fear in its wake. So it is all too easy to understand how things spiral out of control. 
And if life were not complicated enough during normal times, in 2020, along came COVID, which has generated a whole other dimension of complexity in our relationship with present and future. I suspect that we have all felt the impact of that, not least because COVID has rendered provisional so much that we had always previously assumed was certain. With the threat of further lockdown ever more present, nobody is able to give confident assurances about anything these days, other than the fact that there is more uncertainty yet to come. Over the past few months, our staff have received any number of calls from anxious people who had services or events booked here during this year and who, perfectly understandably, were desperate for clarification and assurances from us about whether or not their very special occasion could go ahead, to which the truthful answer has often had to be, we simply don't know. Things are changing all the time and at very short notice. Given that we are used to planning events long in advance here, it has been a new and very different way of working for us, with its own very different and unexpected challenges. In the darkest days of lockdown, there were two things I discovered that proved to be absolute lifelines for me. The first was getting into the habit of starting every day by giving thanks for the very things that in the past I had so easily taken for granted. I give thanks for the fact that I shall have enough to eat that day. I give thanks for my, so far, good health. I give thanks that I have a place to live that is safe and secure and warm. I give thanks for friends and family members the importance of whose love and support and friendship I can so easily fail to recognise. And I remember to look for the unexpected gifts that each new day brings with it. If you start every morning in that frame of mind, then everything good that happens during the day feels like bonus. And when dealing with the day's inevitable challenges and disappointments, you can retain a proper sense of perspective. Above all, it has meant that I am much better at preventing fears and self-doubt from overshadowing the present, because there really isn't much point. After all, as Jesus reminds us, every day has sufficient troubles of its own. Our Old Testament lesson this morning alerts us to something really rather important, that in times of abundance, we must not forget God. Because ironically, it is almost always the case that it is precisely during those times when we have most that we are least inclined to be thankful. Because when we have too much, it is so easy to forget that it remains primarily a gift rather than a possession and to begin to take what we have completely for granted. These past months have also made me appreciate anew the wisdom of today's gospel reading, that famous passage in which Jesus says to the disciples, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? Stop worrying. Focus on the gifts of today. Rejoice in what you have. Don't waste time and energy being fearful for what you might not have in the future. Not a bad set of precepts for these challenging times. One of my great heroes, the 17th century Anglican clergyman Sidney Smith, was a man of immense wisdom, as well as being a great humorist and wit. He once gave some advice to his close friend, Georgiana, Viscountess of Morpeth, 
who was suffering from depression. One suggestion that he made to her, which I've always rather liked, was that he urged her, when life was particularly difficult, to take only a short view of human life, specifically, to use his own words, to look not further than dinner or tea. And actually, he was absolutely right. When life is at its bleakest, don't think further than dinner or tea. Just do the bit you're in for now. It makes life feel so much more manageable and so much less overwhelming. And when we do slow down and focus on the present in that way, we can also find ourselves noticing those good things that might otherwise have escaped our attention, things for which we can be thankful. Our reading from 2 Corinthians urges us to live hopefully and thankfully and with generosity of heart, because ultimately the most precious things in life are not ours by right, they are gifts from God. That is the reason why we call our annual harvest service a thanksgiving. It is a reminder to us all to pause for a while and to give thanks to Almighty God for the gifts of creation, for our food, to remember and to give thanks for those who work the soil, so many of them engaged in back-breaking labour for all too little reward to recognise the true cost of the things that we so easily take for granted. But today is also an occasion to recognise that the earth is far more than simply a resource for human beings to plunder, because the wonder and glory and even the basic rhythms of the natural world can themselves be a source of restoration and relief and healing to fearful minds and troubled souls, which is why we must learn to regard creation with reverence and awe. The American novelist and poet Wendell Berry is a farmer who lives close to the soil, and his poetry often reflects his joy and wonder at the goodness of the created world. This is never more apparent than in his poem, The Peace of Wild Things, a poem that picks up and weaves together so many of the themes that I have touched upon this morning, particularly the way in which our fear of the future can overshadow the present and how the wonders of nature can bring healing and freedom from those fears simply by being there. I shall leave you with his words. The Peace of Wild Things by Wendell Berry. When despair for the world grows in me and I wake in the night at the least sound in fear of what my life and my children's lives may be, I go and lie down where the wood drake rests in his beauty on the water and the great heron feeds. I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief. I come into the presence of still water and I feel above me the day-blind stars waiting with their light. For a time, I rest in the grace of the world and am free. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God. 
begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. In the power of the Spirit and in union with Christ, let us pray to the Father. As we come before you this morning, we praise your name and give thanks for the wonderful things you have done and the many gifts and opportunities you have given us. As members of your loving church, we are never alone. We can always call on your name and know that you will listen. And if we open our hearts, we will hear your guiding words. We give thanks for the support and care that your ministers share with us, especially Alison, our rector, Jeff, our associate priest, and all who help and support them. Today we pray for our Sunday club and all its leaders, for the children and their families who we miss seeing and hearing in church as they are unable to meet and have fun due to COVID. We pray that they will enjoy the Sunday club courier continue to ask amazing questions, send us their stories and that our future congregation feels connected and we pray that they will be able to join us once again as soon as it is safe to do so. Today also marks the 70th anniversary of Terence Smith's first visit to our church. We give thanks for his lifelong association and continued commitment to St Bride's. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bless and protect Elizabeth, our Queen, her husband, the Duke of Edinburgh, and all her family. Give wisdom and strength to all in authority. Help our leaders and the leaders of all the world to listen, to act with wisdom and fairness. May they hear the voices of all your people and ensure they act to protect your world and all its peoples. We pray today for all those who are facing the stress and pain of not being able to visit, care for or hug their parents, partners or children in care homes and hospitals here in the UK and across the world. Send them all your love and strength. Reassure them they are doing everything they can. Give them the encouragement to keep going and the comfort that their loved ones are not alone. We pray for and give thanks for all those who are working so hard to provide the care our loved ones need at this difficult time. We remember all those who are part of our St Bride's family who are not able to be with us today. Those who are shielding, those who cannot travel to be with us those locked down in other parts of this nation. We give thanks for the work that Matthew, Brian and others are doing to make sure they can join us via the internet and pray that they will all soon be able to be together to hear your word. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As we celebrate this season of harvest and thanksgiving, we give thanks for the blessings of food, provision and nourishment. Sow a seed of hope within our souls, Lord, that we might yield goodness, patience and kindness in abundance. 
Sow a seed of peace in our lives, Lord, that we might bear the fruits of forgiveness and compassion. Sow a seed of love in our hearts, Lord, that others will reap the blessings of family, friendship and community. May each seed of hope, peace and love grow within us into a harvest that can be feasted on by all. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Be by the side of and comfort those in pain, those who are facing the challenge of illness and the loved ones that face it with them. Give them and all who are ill strength and faith to face each day and by the power of the Holy Spirit grant that they may return to good health as quickly as possible. Let us remember also those that have died and that have now joined you in heaven. We pray that they will find peace with you and that you will comfort those who are left behind. We pray also for those whose anniversaries occur at this time. May perpetual light shine upon them and may they rest in peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Finally, we take time to remember in silence all those known only to us who need your support and love. Merciful Father, accept, accept these, these prayers for the, the sake, sake of your of Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? The harvest of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. As we meet in Christ's name, let us share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which were earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. And now we give you thanks, because you make us stewards of your creation, to praise you day by day for the marvels of your wisdom and power. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing. Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself 
made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of death. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts, in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your, holy, by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him and he in us. Amen.
Let us pray. Lord of the harvest, with joy we have offered thanksgiving for your love in creation and have shared in the bread and the wine of the kingdom. By your grace, plant within us a reverence for all that you have given us and make us generous and wise stewards of the good things we enjoy. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.